Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly. My name is Trevor. I am one of the pastors at the Church of Greer Station and your host. The Weekly is a 20-minute podcast devoted to books, current events, and issues relevant to the life of our church. Now, it is August in Greer, South Carolina, which means we are very much gearing up for football season. I love football. I've always loved football. I've loved to play football. I love to watch football. But how should we think about that? How should we think about sports in general? Should Christians celebrate sports? Should we uncritically embrace sports? Or should we reject sports? What is the Christian answer, the Christian way of thinking about sports? I've invited Bryce Harrison, our church planting resident, and the guy that we refer, uh, jokingly refer to as our minister of recreation, on to talk about this issue. Even if you don't like sports, give this episode a listen. I hope that it's an encouraging uh, episode for you, and I hope that Christ has made much of in our discussion about sports. Russ, welcome. How are you? Good. What's up? Not a lot, man. Just getting ready for football season. Oh, I hear you. We just had our TCGS Fantasy Football Rookie Draft for the Dynasty League this past week. So I got Hollywood Brown and DK Metcalf on the team now and ready to roll. And I just want to point out to the listener that our church has a fantasy football league, (laughs) one that I was not invited to. So just let it be known that I was excluded from the fantasy football team. Take it up with Drew Plumley. He's the commissioner. I'm, I'll take it up with each and every one of them. Zach said it's because uh, whenever Emily would play fantasy with all the guys in her church, she would consistently win mm. or always be in the conversation for the finals. And so they didn't want to just get rid of Emily. So they got rid of all of the Hoffmans. So. Or they were afraid if they included you, it would be secretly Emily, Emily playing vicariously through your team. That's fair. Definitely. And then... We would all lose to Alshon Mabu every single That's year. Right. Emily, everything good about our family is attributable to her anyway, so fantasy football definitely included in that. So fantasy football is right in, I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're locked and loaded and kind of looking forward to the NFL season. Uh, I'm eagerly attending to Gamecock message boards, preparing to be disappointed by the Gamecock football team. I'm coaching my flags football, son's flag football team this year. Hmm. Excited about that. And Bryce, you've organized a little softball team yeah, for the men at Greer Station. Yeah, next week TCGS softball is going to be up and rolling. And though I'm probably the only one at our church that cares about it, today is actually the deadline day for the English Premier League transfer window. I so I don't even know what that is. It's soccer. It's, it's some kind of tennis It's thing. soccer. Okay. And I'm following it religiously. Excellent. All right, so there's no shortage of interest in sports in our church, I would say. We, we certainly have... A lot of guys and gals who, who are uh, very much uh, into sports. Um, and so the question that we wanted to address today was, well, how should Christians think about sports? Can Christians engage in sports? Can they watch sports? Can they play sports? Is it, is it a good thing? Is it something that we should uh, have parameters around? Are there any pitfalls we should be aware of? But before we get there, I wanted to ask this question. Why should we even be asking the question about sports to begin with? In other words, why even... Uh, evaluate our uh, interest in sports? Um, I would say first and foremost would be uh, if we aren't asking this question, are we really taking discipleship seriously? Hmm. Um, I think this is a question that we should ask about everything that we do. Um, Either there is a way to love Jesus by participating in 
this activity or it's not something that I need to busy my time with. It's kind of an either or. Either I can love Jesus through it or I don't need to bother with it and shouldn't bother with it at all. Um, I think we relegate too many things too quickly just to the bucket of inconsequential um, when we really need to take a second and ask, um, what what should I do with this? How should I think about this as a, as a disciple and follower of Jesus? That's good. Yeah. I mean, we'd say that all of life belongs to Jesus. So there's not... There's not the sacred stuff that belongs to Jesus, and then the sec- secular stuff that's kind of like, like you said, relegated, at, you know, as, as inconsequential or unimportant or unworthy of our attention. Instead, we say that everything belongs to Jesus, and we want to evaluate all of our lives, every aspect of our life, in terms of whether or not it is honoring to Christ. And that's what Paul met, um, talks about that in First Corinthians ten. Um, so he's talking about food and drink and um, matters of conscience. But then he says in verse 30, if I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that for which I give thanks? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so Paul really makes it clear that pretty much every area of life, regardless of whether you're talking about something as minor as food and drink or activities that you participate in, all of them can and should be done uh, with Christ-likeness in in view as the goal. So can Christians do that with sports? Well, let me start by answering that if the answer to that question is no, then you probably need to get the church discipline process rolling because I have been living in unrepentant sin for (laughs) So maybe you're the wrong person to ask this question. Maybe, (laughs) Maybe I should have asked someone else who doesn't have as much of a vested interest in this topic. Uh, Uh, So, yeah, so obviously you think that it's appropriate for Christians to play, engage in, and watch sports. Do, do we have any biblical basis for saying yes to that? Um, I mean, I think we have, I think we have a couple. Um, so there's one uh, in, in the letter to First Timothy, uh, Paul says at one point, says um, physical training is of some value. And then he goes on to say that, that, you know, spiritual discipline that promotes godliness is of greater value. Um, but like he does acknowledge that physical training is valuable and mm-hmm. is good. Uh, I think we, we, I have frequently heard that passage used kind of on the opposite end of the argument to say, now remember Paul said, you know, physical training doesn't really matter that much. Here's what matters. But that's not what he says. He says that it's valuable and it's good. He just reminds us that it's not ultimate. Mm. Um, but that is a recognition that it, that sports physical endeavor is, is good and is valuable and, and wholesome. That's good. And, and I think that the, um, I think Paul's appeal to athletics probably demonstrate and there's multiple occasions where he uses yeah. athletic imagery probably at least says something about paul's awareness of sports uh it's even possible that paul was a sports guy you know maybe maybe there's uh fantasy drafts for i don't know that's gonna be a stupid joke so we're gonna we're gonna leave that there so maybe yeah maybe paul had had an interest in sports um so how then specifically does the sports honor Christ, glorify God. Like, in other words, what kind of goods could we say that sports promote? Um, so, I mean, I think one, like one of the primary things is that sports is, is just an avenue to, to foster discipline and selflessness. There's a certain, uh, character formation that is inherent within the, the process of 
of training and improving and and even participating in sports um you mentioned that Paul uses several analogies to athletics. One of those is in Second Timothy 2 when he talks about the athlete com- competing for the prize according to the rules um, and uses the, the idea of an athlete competing uh, to communicate the single-minded focus and devotion that's required for Christian discipleship. And so even if it's um, a single-minded focus and devotion that's that's pushing towards an athletic goal, I think it still uh, fosters in us and and b- starts building a character trait of focus, devotion, discipline that's, that's uh, helpful in just kind of making us the type of people that we need to be in, in order to follow Jesus well. Yeah, that's good. The In thinking through uh, this opportunity with Jude playing flag football, kind of the I guess kind of the target on the wall for us in terms of character formation has been focus, hustle, and toughness. Um, and I've tried to kind of help him wrap his brain around that. But um, sports kind of uh, teach us um, goal making. Sports te- teach us uh, urgency and kind of doing everything with a whole heart. And, and sports also teach us resiliency, toughness in the face of um, opposition. Sometimes literally, like you have to literally be resilient and work harder than the guy that's in front of you. Um, and it, sometimes it can be really good for us to have uh, this. Um, we work really hard at trying to win this game. We work really, really hard at. We kind of put all of our uh, energy and effort into being successful, and then we are very publicly not successful. And that kind of forces us to be tough and resilient and deal with disappointment. And so, I think that's a that's a piece of the character formation that kind of serves our development into Christ as well. Yeah, I I think. Um, I mean, if you think about it, I think we were. We were created to strive. We were crea- created to contend for something and contend against something. Like I think you could, I think you can even say we were designed to wage war. We were created to wage mm. war against sin and the flesh and the devil, and that's part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Um, and so we need we need some proving grounds to to work that out to practice what does it look like to to wage war and contend and obviously it would be destructive and unhelpful if we went around stirring up a bunch of actual little wars so we could practice what does it that's, look like that's to... what Catan and risk and and uh, access analysis exactly for. exactly um and so sports while that maybe that warfare uh imagery has been overblown by your high school football coach on occasion um you are you are almost practicing in a small microcosm what it looks like to stand in the trenches and wage war against an opponent um and lock arms with with those who are side by side with you which is what the the church living in the world today looks like yeah that's that's really good i I think that another good that sports promote is community and there's kind of two ways to think about that one i'd say like you just said is selflessness and kind of seeing yourself as part of a team um you know a lot of a lot of my thinking goes back to football because that was the sport that i played um most but you know in a lot of ways paul's analogy of the body is kind of applicable to a football team or, or you could even kind of um kind of communicate what Paul's intending to communicate in 1 Corinthians 12 through a football team metaphor, right? Like not everyone's the quarterback, not everyone's uh, the center, not everyone's the linebacker. We all have these particular parts that we play that serve the greater whole. And that's a, that, that's good for us to kind of learn that we're not the main character and that, uh, you know, maybe it's best for the team if I don't get to play the position mm-hmm. that I want to play, you know? So I, I think that 
that's a good that it promotes. I think it also builds community, not just um, not just in that way, but it also there are natural bridges uh, and connections that can be yeah. made through sports that sports offers and provides us. And it would be foolish to uh, just disregard those and and not take advantage of those bridges that that culture has already built across cultural boundaries um, with those who are far from Jesus but will instantly bond with you when uh, you're wearing the same team colors as they are. And I've seen this to be true all over the world. This isn't just, you know, something that's true. Uh, so I think it's awesome when a city kind of rallies around a team and like you can engage people right there in your city just by shared a co- shared common bond over your city's team and your city's colors and it helps provide some some identity to a place that I think is good and and we kind of lack in other areas of of culture today. They've kind of fizzled out and mm. sports is one of those last bastions of of local city pride and and kind of bonding over what's there but but sports also provides boundaries across all kinds of of cultural barriers i mean i've taken trips to peru and germany and honduras and and others um to do coaching clinics and and teach sports camps and uh, without fail you'll show up and you speak a different language than these people that you're working with and initially they're kind of shy and they don't really know what to what to expect and you try to talk to them and you don't really make much ground and then you pull out a soccer ball and you start kicking the ball around with them and instantly you know they want um, to be your best friend on Facebook and they want to introduce you to their mom and see if you can come over for dinner and like that to to ignore that bridge and that avenue for relationship building that could foster gospel conversations would be would be foolish in in my opinion. Yeah, that's right on. It, n- not just the playing of sports that creates bonds, but but even kind of enjoying and participating more broadly in sports creates bonds. It's pretty democratic, right? Yeah. Like you can uh, you think of all the different types of people who are in attendance at any kind of sporting event. Um, yeah, you, you kind of mentioned the sports is one of the last bastions of community. There, there was a British newspaper. Um, I heard about it because there was a British pastor I was listening to give a sermon. And he made reference to this article where this guy kind of was lamenting the fact that the only shared, the, the only places uh, in Western society that still have any sort of shared life remaining are churches and sporting events. Um, and that is definitely lamentable, but but I, I do think that kind of speaks to one of the unique goods that sports promotes is is it it does kind of create a space to have shared life for people to come together and rally around one sort of common theme, uh, whether that's uh, playing soccer with with children in a third world country, uh, or if it's a white kid from the suburbs and a, a Hispanic kid from a lower income. Uh, part of the city or black kid from the lower income part of the city uh, or, or white kid from the lower income part of the city uh, playing on the same football team and same baseball or basketball team. Uh, it's just a, a very clear way that people can come together and cross boundaries that they would not necessarily cross otherwise. And I think another inherent good of sports is just if we do believe that every single area of our life reflects Christ and we know that God made us and created us and wired us for certain things and gifted us with certain abilities, um, then I think it would be kind of short-sighted to not think that playing sports and enjoying sports is one of those areas that God can be glorified in. I've, I have frequently heard 
um, people uh, kind of pit uh, sports and music against each other and say, well, hey, music's one of those areas that you can glorify God in. It's too bad you can't do that through sports. And I think that's I think that's wrong in the same way that God created music and song to be enjoyed and practiced and, and celebrated by humanity and it and it um, points us towards a, a part of you know God's nature the creative um, beautiful nature of God and that's a way that we can worship him and and glorify him I think the same thing is true of sports I don't know that God is any more glorified by a well-played song or a well-sung note than he is a well-thrown pass and a perfectly executed bicycle kick like I think those things glorify God as well because he made us to enjoy those things and and to do it wholeheartedly that's great now so there's some obvious goods that sports promote what what are some pitfalls when might sports become out of bounds or or not glorifying to the Lord yeah I think so I think there's a couple big ones I'm gonna start with one that's maybe a little bit a little bit smaller pitfall that I don't know that we necessarily account for as frequently, um, but we talk about that that God cares about every area of our lives. But it is there is a pitfall in walking down that path that could quickly over spiritualize something or hyper spiritualize something. And I think we want to be careful there too to not over spiritualize what sports are either. To not immediately assume that that God is is infinitely uh, attentive to the outcome of every sporting event <laughs> and that the athletic field is where he meets out his favor and those who have have followed Jesus well are the ones who take home the trophy that yeah. that to to be a faithful disciple is to pull for Dabo Sweeney, Drew Brees, and pine for the days of Tim Tebow. Like that's that's just not what glorifying God in sports looks like. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, what other ways might there be pitball, pitfalls for Christians uh, in thinking about sports? Well, I mean, I think one that just goes with any the enjoyment of any good thing that God has created is the tendency and the temptation to make that good thing more ultimate than it deserves to be. Yeah, that's and that for for guys like Augustine, that's the foundation of all sin is to love things inordinately, is to love something more than it deserves to be loved. And sports can obviously be loved more than they deserve to be loved. How, how might we be able to diagnose if, when that's become the case for us? Um, so, I mean, I think one is like if if it's kind of creeping its way up the ladder of priorities, mm. if things that are, if your responsibilities as whatever, husband, father, wife, mother, uh, neighbor, um, are starting to, to creep down the ladder because of your because of your love and devotion to sports, then that would be an indicator that they're starting to become more ultimate. If you, if you cannot, so, so um, this is one of the things that I love about our community group. We have decided that our community group motto is divided in college football, united in Christ. Um, We have (laughs) Gamecocks fans, Clemson Tigers fans, and Georgia Bulldogs fans all meeting in our community group regularly. And if we can't sit down and watch a game between our teams together, if that's just out of bounds, then that means that sports has taken a little bit too high of a priority in our life if the bond of Christian unity has to take a backseat to our college football loyalty, then that's become problematic. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think any 
anytime we start to see sacrifices being made for sports, sacrificing of greater responsibilities being made for sports, that's probably an indication that something's awry. Yeah, if we if we are less productive in work during football season because we're always on our fantasy football app or because we're always looking at the message boards, that's uh, probably an indication that maybe things have gotten a little out of whack. And similarly, um, you know, I'd say when it comes to kids' sports, if we're sacrificing church attendance for our kids to participate in sports, it's probably an indication that things have gotten a little out of whack. Hey, I saw a, a, a thing. It was totally one of those things that um, uh, kind of, get shared all over Facebook and maybe you roll your eyes at it a little bit but I thought it was I thought it was pretty right on it said something like you know there's a half a millionth of a chance that your kid's going to be a professional athlete but there's a 100% chance that that child is going to stand before Jesus mm. so prioritize wisely I thought that, that's, that's yeah. pretty right on that's pretty dead on so yeah I, I think generally like if we start making sacrifices of things that we have a greater ob- obligation towards in favor of sports that's probably an indication that something is amiss in our hearts yeah i think that's good um and i think that's also uh just kind of a waste of opportunity as well because of all of the things that that sports can be and that they can communicate to abuse them and use them improperly mm. is kind of a shame mm. um i so growing up there was one of the things that meant the world to me was the fact that my dad did coach so many of our baseball teams, our soccer teams, our our hockey team, even though he had never played ice hockey in his life, but was just taking what he knew as a lacrosse player and trying to convert it to ice hockey. Um, but the fact that he that he prioritized those things and even even set certain parameters around that he was going to leave his office at you know a certain time in the workday because he was going to make a priority of being at our practices and coaching our sports teams like something that something like that is is good prioritization and is a way that you can use sports as a means to elevate what is good and what is valuable and what should be prioritized like family and and involvement in the lives of your kids and to take that and waste it and squander it in all of those abuses is is a shame on in in for so many reasons yeah that's that's really good yeah there, there's a lot more that, that could be said there um but i appreciate your time bryce appreciate you coming on uh, hopefully that as you were listening hopefully this um uh, encouraged you to evaluate your own allegiance to sports maybe cause you to rethink whether or not you should be a clemson fan or a south carolina fan i have opinions about that um uh, but hopefully it was an encouragement to you. Hopefully it, it prompted you to love Jesus more. Um, if you have any ideas about anything you'd like for us to talk about in the future, feel free to submit that on our website. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.